Hello and welcome to ROE 17 Pod. My name is Mark Jontry and I'm the Regional Superintendent of Schools for ROE 17. Today on the pod, our guest is Catherine Murphy. Catherine has worked in a variety of media and communication roles over the course of her career. Today, she's going to talk to us about that professional history and offer some insight for our listeners who want to learn more about a career in media and other related fields. Catherine, welcome. Thanks thank, for doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm usually on the other side of the microphone, I, so I this know. is very interesting. I know. <laughs> so we'll see if I'm a, half as good as you are at this. So first of all, would you kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your educational career, your upbringing, and just how education maybe influenced your career path? Sure. I mean, between traditional education and life education, I mean, I moved every four years of my life growing up. So I have experienced education in in the state of West Virginia, the state of Illinois, the state of Arkansas, then back to Illinois. And that's where I went to high school and then eventually ended up at Illinois State University. I was lucky enough that I was in high school in the western suburbs of Chicago, so we had our own television and radio station. So, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of it. I was the host of Suburban Showcase back in the 80s. You know, a fabulous uh, cable access television show. So you were the precursor to Wayne's World. Uh, yeah, I was actually on Cable 99. Okay. And I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking because we were District 99 in Downers Grove. So I was, I think that Wayne and Garth stole it from me, but uh, I don't think they did as many fashion shows for prom fashions as I did. So <laughs> Probably not. I started there and then uh, came to Illinois State and was a TV tenor and worked at the radio station there. Graduating, um, I went straight to work in Peoria at a TV station and that didn't work out for me, oddly enough. And I ended up in radio after doing other various odd jobs like, you know, selling aftermarket rust proofing at a car dealership and being a hostess at a restaurant. And oh, and then I got married somewhere in between that. <laughs> that, that sounds like a couple of media related or radio TV related side jobs that, yeah. uh, that happen yeah. in between gigs, yeah. right? So, that's how it happens. So going back to that experience, what was the, was there a teacher or just an interest or somebody that sparked that path around radio TV media? I had a lot of in, I had a lot of teachers that influenced me, but I actually wanted to do this since I was seven years old. I would listen to WGN Radio to an, a show called Extension Seven Twenty, which was a news program. Mind you, I was seven years old, mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. my parents are putting me to bed. And I, do you want to listen to music? No, I'd like to listen to Extension Seven Twenty. Your parents were the demographic for <laughs> Extension Seven Twenty, exactly. were they not? Yes. yes. So that's how I kind of I, I knew this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a TV news person, and I wanted to be a radio news person. Now, my mom um, was a character voice for Wally Phillips, an old morning show guy in Chicago, yep. and he was that. She was that crazy caller that they didn't have to hire her; just send her, you know, dinner certificates and forty fives for the kids, <laughs> and she would do anything that he wanted. And she got to do interviews with Jonathan Winters, and I mean, all of these great old people. So I kind of grew up that way. Going into high school, I was heavily involved in the drama department, heavily involved, obviously, in the media department. Uh, Fred Moore, who's still alive and kicking, doing shows somewhere in Florida, uh, like live theater shows. Wow. Um, my French teacher, who was also my drama teacher, Chris Futris. Um, I had English teachers that really supported me. I mean, everybody was just like, I also had this voice when I was like, 
14 and 15 years old. Gotcha. That didn't I hurt. mean, the don't do this, kids, but the cigarettes I smoked in college made it a little deeper. But I have <laughs> always had this voice. So I've always had people saying, you know, you should go into radio. And that's, I mean, that's where we ended. But I mean, these teachers really did have a big, big part in play. And I'm still friends with them today, which is really cool for me. That really is cool. I think a lot of times, you know, we talk about or we, we remember those those educators that really influenced mm-hmm. or guided or, or brought out, if you will, that, that inner spark that maybe we, we thought we had or maybe were reticent to do. Yeah. May not have been an issue for you, but they <laughs> You know how shy I am. <laughs> they certainly helped bring that even higher right. and, and raise it. Oh, so yeah. Was there something about radio specifically that was more that was appealing to you in one way or another besides the big voice well for lack of a better word probably the intimacy of radio i mean i can sit in a room doing this in front of a microphone and really think i might be only reaching two people but in the grand scheme of things, I could be reaching 22 people or 2,200 people or 22,000 people. I mean, I was on the air in Chicago. I worked for US 99 in Chicago doing mornings, and that was a a much bigger demographic than I had ever been at. I did radio in Peoria. I did radio in Seattle. I did radio in Tampa. I mean, I was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it was just this, you guys are my friends, and I appreciate it. And it sounds kind of dorky, but <laughs> that's that's how I've always felt. Sure, sure. So you found your way to Bloomington mm-hmm. and went to work at WJBC Radio. Yep. Yep. How, how did that come about? I was actually working, talk about odd jobs, I was working as a 911 operator because the job opportunities in Chicago had pretty much dried up for me. I had worked at a number of different places, and there just was no place left for me to go. And working for 911 was a way to pay my mortgage, pay, you know, put groceries in the house, things mm-hmm. like that. I lasted for almost a year. I made it through training. I was not the best 911 operator. Okay. I, I didn't. There, there was no, no death. No, I mean, I didn't do anything wrong. It just wasn't for me. My okay. heart wasn't in it. It's one of the toughest jobs I think that anybody could ever do. I can hardly Seriously, imagine. Seriously, it's yes. it's tough. So one time I was on the phone with somebody who I was trying to get a media job with, trying to get out of 911. And she didn't have anything for me, but we were talking and she said, I don't know if you're a religious person, but when we get off the phone, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray that you find what you need. So I hung up the phone with her and something just in my head said, you got to find a radio job. Where are you going to go? to work in radio. And I went online and I said, mm, Peoria, I've already been there. Wonder what's happening in Bloomington. And I looked up radio jobs in Bloomington and sure enough, WJBC was looking for a news director. And I sent my demo that day. I had a conversation that afternoon. I interviewed by the end of the week and I had a job by the second week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so then it was the week of my birthday. And this is in 2018. I walked into the 911 center with all of my uniforms right before my shift. And I said, I'm really sorry to do this to you, but I quit. And oddly enough, they really didn't fight to keep me. So 
so I said, all right, I'm not worried if I burn this bridge. Burning bridges isn't always the best thing unless Mm -hmm. you know you're never going to cross that bridge again. So I wasn't worried about burning that bridge. And I moved here in July of 2018 and haven't looked back. Very cool. So you you were at WJBC for a few years, mm-hmm. and then the opportunity presented itself for your position with the city of Bloomington. I guess I buried the lead to <laughs> on this. Uh, usually we open to this, but you are the communications and external affairs manager for the city of Bloomington. Uh-huh. What does that involve, and, and what was attractive about that position? It is the culmination of everything that I've ever wanted to do in my life. Uh, when I was at Illinois State, along with doing TV10, I paid my way through school on the speech team. I was a national champion in informative speaking on the ISU speech team at the DSRTKA tournament um, way back in the 80s. And this was something that I think every radio, TV, communications person kind of dreams of. You want to be that Jinsaki in the White House press room mm-hmm. with the big white book that turns the pages. Y'all do. And if they say they don't, they're lying. Okay. I'm telling you. So Tim Gleason, our city manager, used to come into the studio at JBC, and we would interview him once a month after a council meeting. And one time I was talking to him off the air. He and I came to the city about the same time. Okay. I came to JBC, he came to the to city of Bloomington. And we just kind of struck up a friendship. We're same type of humor, same type of person. And one day I said to him, you know, if you ever need a communications director, you let me know. <laughs> and he turned around, stopped dead in his tracks and said, are you serious? And I said, yeah, I'm serious. And he said, okay. Now, fast forward to 2021, and he needed a communications director. And I had to go through, it wasn't just a, hey, Catherine, come on over. I went through all the interview process and everything and fought my way to get it, but I ended up with a job. So what are the fun parts of your job? And I, <laughs> I know you well enough, Don't you're not going to tell me everything that <laughs> is fun. But, it uh, is, but it is for me. Sure. I mean, a lot of it is your perspective on things. I mean, this is something that's so new and different for me still, and I'm almost three years into the job, that every day I kind of figure something else out because while I was really great in all of my communication classes, social studies, history, municipal government, maybe wasn't my strongest suit, but I'm not dumb, and I can figure things out. So coming into this job, I mean, I get to tell the story of Bloomington. And that's a very cool thing for me. Coming to ISU, I loved living in central Illinois. I loved it. I mean, so much so that when I graduated, I went to work in Peoria. Mm -hmm. And when I left Peoria, I went to Iowa. I mean, I stayed in the Midwest until I went to Seattle. So Bloomington, Twin Cities, central Illinois, it owns my heart. So it's something that I mean, I really, I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. I love that phrase because it's really what I get to do. And working in radio, while I loved it, I've done it for over 30 years, you just never know on a Friday whether you're going to have a job by the end of the day. That's just I mean, two kinds of people in broadcasting, those who have been fired, those who will be fired. Mm-hmm. I got fired just as many times as I got hired, and not for anything I did. That's just the nature of the uh, industry. Sure. So coming here, getting to tell the story of Bloomington, the great team that we've assembled, the future of what we're doing with the city, I think, is just so cool. And that I get to be on the ground level of it. And then I get to, to see what's going to happen next and get to, I mean, and, and like you said, it, 
every day is not the best day. We have bad days. Things happen. And I have to be responsible for telling those stories too. But I try to find a way to make it as easy as I can for everybody around me. That's a great point. Resilience is important Mm -hmm. regardless of what we do. Yeah. So you spent some time in Chicago, and uh-huh. not all of it was in radio or TV. You worked for somebody who's somewhat <laughs> famous. I did, and that was actually in the same line of radio. Yeah, well, I guess it is. But it I was, wasn't on the yes, air. On the I true. worked for, not many people probably know her, Oprah Winfrey. I worked for Oprah for 11 years or so. Okay. I uh, ran the radio division. Oh, it was I, the radio s- division. Yeah. I, it was uh, Oprah Radio. I think it started as Oprah and Friends on XM Radio, Channel 156. Um, Not that that was ingrained in my head. I started there as a production assistant, became a producer, and then eventually, I think two years in, was the operations manager for the the whole shebang, running running the organization. Did, did you enjoy that? I loved it. I mean, it, it was, I, you're working for Oprah, for heaven's mm-hmm. sakes. What's, I mean, what's not to love? Some people don't like her. I get it. But most people that have worked there, you're going to have a hard time finding somebody that says it was the worst job I ever had. What would you say to a student who is thinks they want to follow their dream, but they're not sure how to go about it, whether it's radio, mm. TV? What, what's, what's an important characteristic to possess? I think uh, stick-to-itiveness, if that's a word. Mm -hmm. I think that knowing what you want and never giving up. You know, I laugh as I am now closer to 60 than I am 50. I look back at 16-year-old me and go, gosh, I wish I had that chutzpah now. I mean, wow. I I wasn't afraid of anything when I was 16, 17. And I think most 16 and 17-year-olds are like that. Mm -hmm. It just depends on how they direct it. And, I mean, I have a 28-year-old. I have a 22-year-old. I have a 19-year-old stepdaughter who's just started college. And watching them go through all the things that they've gone through and looking back going, wow. I wish I could do that over again. That would be so cool. And I think just, I am believing in yourself too. And that is a a huge, huge thing. And listen to the people, your teachers that are telling you, hey, you've got something. Because there's going to be that teacher that sees that spark in you, whether it's you can work on a, a car engine, whether you can write a story, whether you can do the longest mathematical problem that ever existed in the history of man, which that will never be something that I do. I think that there's those that will, if they tell you that, you need to listen to them, really and truly listen to them and, and ask them for help. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help. I think that's something that a lot of people forget about. And they think that, well, they're expecting me to do this. Mm, They're expecting you to do it. But if you don't know what you're doing, they're expecting you to ask for their guidance. Advocate for for yourself. Uh Very good. That's great advice. Well, is there anything we haven't touched on that you'd want to share? Boy, let me think. I think that if anybody has any questions about being in communications or wants to, you know, find out more, they can always find me at the city. That would be great. I'd be happy to talk to anybody about it. It's one of my, one of my, as my ex-husband and my current husband will tell you, my only true love is broadcasting. (laughs) (laughs) And Catherine means it when she says don't hesitate to reach out. Seriously. She she loves to share and uh, give her perspective. And I want to thank her for sharing her perspective on today's pod. Um, And with that, we will visit with you next time. Thank you. Thanks. 
Thank you for joining us for another episode of ROE17 Pod. To learn more about ROE17, please visit www.roe17.org or follow us on our social media channels. ROE17 Pod is produced and edited by Victoria Padilla. We hope that you join us for our next episode.